You read the Bible, Greg. You talking to me? I'm a long sample. Keep up. Wait, wait, let me let me explain something to you. Uh, I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. So what you want? Jesus freaking got a bad feeling about this. King Kong ain't got shit on me! Do I really look like a guy with a plan? Each and every man under my command owes me 100 net scouts. <laughs> Start see pictures, eh? Oh wow. Thank you for that. Hello and welcome to the Film and Loathing Podcast for Friday, August 20th, 2021. This is episode number 111, and I'm Jake. I'm Chris. And I'm Zach. Coming up this week, we have our 17th Hall of Fame review. Chris's nomination this week was Forrest Gump. We'll also talk some other stuff that we watched and whatever else comes up along the way. So thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Glad to have you with us. How are you guys doing this week? Okay. It's been a while. It's been a while. I'm sorry that I couldn't meet up with you when I was in Maine, Chris. That's okay. I figured you were busy. You had, like, a lot of people to see. You got two families you had to branch out and check out, so. A lot of families to see, and coincidentally, it was the busiest week that we've had all summer for work. Seriously? Yeah. (laughs) That sucks. You still have to do work while you're up here. That blows. Yeah, I had to work when I was there, and I worked longer hours in Maine than I would have if I was in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I talked to a lady. Sounds like you're just not very efficient. <laughs> this guy. What are you saying, Chris? I talked to a lady the other day. She came into the hotel, and she was telling me what she does, and I was just, I, she was telling me that she was giving some sort of speech because she was um, an engineer, and I was like, oh, cool. What kind of engineer are you? She was like, I'm a forensic engineer. And I was like, oh, what? what does that mean? Well, she was saying that, like, she's a civil engineer, but what she does is people hire her to reconstruct incidences that happen to buildings, um, and they use that information in, like, the courtroom and lawsuits and shit. And she was, That's like, cool. she was giving a speech about that in, like, Rhode Island. That's cool. Yeah. One of my professors did that. Like, he would get called in to testify about, like, um, like accidents, like, uh, like, traffic accidents yeah so there's like um like so like in an accident like when a car leaves skid marks on the road like you can back calculate how fast they were going and so they would you know someone would try to claim that they weren't like really speeding that much or whatever so then they would hire him and he would do some calculations and they could like determine how fast they were actually going and then like use that against them yeah she was saying it was, like, stuff like that, except when she mostly dealt with, like, buildings mm-hmm. and, like, the collapse of them or, like, when people get, like, injured based off of, like, whatever inside of a building. But, like, she does that type of shit, and it's not even just her. Good one. It's not even just her, like, going into the courtroom. Like, she has a special office where they, like, have a bunch of people that do this. Hmm. Where's that CSI show? I don't know. CSI dude, Engineer? Was she going to? Was she going down to Miami, or not Miami, but wherever that building collapsed? That building collapsed. Yeah, in Florida. 
I'm like a building that collapses like, suspiciously, you'll, you'll like the, the Twin Towers, two towers. Twin, which one's Lord of the Rings? Two, two yeah, towers. The, two, the Twin Towers was in Lord of the Rings. Nine <laughs> Eleven. Never forget the two towers. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you remember the that huge battle between the orcs and the elves took place in New York City? It was crazy, dude. The ones, yeah, the ones that the orcs hijacked those planes. <laughs> yeah. Try to fly into the Pentagon. Oh my fucking gosh. Flash out, Ron. But you didn't hear about that? The building that collapsed in Florida? I didn't hear anything about that. Like, as I mentioned, I'm willfully ignorant. That's I, can't the where, I can't remember where it was. I want to say it was like near Miami, but. It was in Miami. Yeah, okay. It just like, yeah, the building just like fell down, and I still don't think they've investigated. I don't think they've started their investigation yet. Seriously, that's crazy. Yeah, every it was like people die. Oh yeah, hundreds. What? When was this? It was literally like a month ago, maybe a little bit longer. Seriously? Wow, mm-hmm. I'm good at this whole willfully ignorant thing. Yeah, you're doing pretty well. <laughs> Great job, Chris. <laughs> Way to be uninformed. Chris, did you hear that the Taliban retook Afghanistan? That I did know about. That one was oh, unavoidable, okay. I feel like. Like, okay. there are big things. Like, imagine the guy that, like, when 9-11 happened, just, like, didn't have a TV, so we didn't hear about it for, like, another, like, two or three months because he lived in, like, out in the middle of Alaska, nowhere. And then he went to the Dude. town, and they were just, like, traveling's crazy these days. Dude, it's like, like uh, it's fucking uh, Jared Leto in COVID. What? Uh, when COVID started... Jared Leto was like out in the desert on some retreat, so when he came back, everything was locked down. He didn't know COVID like was a thing. <laughs> Fucking gosh! Imagine that. Like, yeah, dude, a deadly disease is just running rampant all over the planet. Like, get to your home. What desert? Yeah, I don't know. It says he was on a silent retreat when he returned home. He returned home two weeks after his city was in shutdown. Dude, that's not. Imagine if he was like in the Sahara Desert and he's in the middle of the world. Like, no, you can't fly to the U.S. You're not going home. <laughs> That'd be sick. Classic Jared Leto. I was getting not knowing what's going on when he's not sending people. Used condoms and gross pigs. He's fucking trouncing across the desert. He's probably at Burning Man. I go to Burning Man. Sounds like fun. Do you think you would actually go to Burning Man? With the right motivation, sure. What does that mean? What would be the right motivation? Like if enough people peer pressured me, I'd go. If anything, if enough people peer pressure you, you would just do it. Yeah, probably. That's all it takes. I do. I do a lot of stuff over peer pressure. I feel like I feel like you guys should know this at this point. Like I feel like you, especially Zach, should know this at this point. That you can be peer pressured to do anything. Not anything. Like like I have my limits, but I don't think most you do. Things. All I'm going to say is that you have a little bit lower threshold than me when it comes to sucking dick. So you clearly have a lower threshold than I do to come to most things. 
These are business decisions. It has nothing to do with peer pressure. All I'm saying is that that's got to take a little something out of you. Like, you're not coming out of that experience. Puts a little something in you. I don't know what it takes out of you. <laughs> I... Yeah, whatever. Yeah, but yes, but I would go to Burning Man if peer pressured enough. Wait, so could you be peer pressured into buying a ticket, or would someone have to have bought a ticket for you, and then they peer pressure you into going? Uh, see, that's the thing is that at that point, it's not about like persistence; it's about quantity of peer pressure. So if it's like one person being like, "Hey, dude, let's go to Burning Man over six months." Not much is going to happen. But if it's like six people over uh, two months. Yeah, you could probably get me. What if, like, 25 people came to you in, like, four days, and they said, you need to kill this man? <laughs> At first, I'd be like, no way, no way, no way. And, and maybe by the, maybe by, like, day 24, I'd be like, well, what did he do? <laughs> you know, like, I, I, probably, I probably wouldn't ever follow through, but... At that point, if 24 people are coming to ask me questions, I might be like, okay, it's time to look into this. You wouldn't, okay, so you would question what this guy did and not why 25 people want you to kill him? Well, I mean, I'm assuming if people are coming up to me and asking me to kill him, they're people that I know, meaning like, I know, let's say I know like exactly 25 people. If the 25 people that I know are coming up to me and saying, hey, Chris, like, this guy, he needs out. I would be like, okay, why does he need out? You wouldn't go, why are you telling me? I mean, like, of course, that would be one of my first responses. But my initial response would be to ask, what, what's with this dude? What if it was complete strangers? That came up to me and said it? They, they all gave you the same picture of the same guy and said, you need to kill this man. I feel like at that point, that's a situation where it's like the situation I always wanted to happen in middle school and high school. And this is a separate thought was I always you should wanted, tell the police. Yes, correct. Well, probably obviously, but like here's it's, I feel like that's a situation where like something is being thrust upon me. Like I always wanted to sit in school and have like two guys in black suits walk in with like the shades and be like, you Chris Duplissy, we need you to come with us. So I can walk out with them, get on a helicopter, and fly away, because that would be the greatest story ever. I, I guess, sure. I don't see how that connects, but... I'm just saying, <laughs> I feel like it's like it's like a similar thing. Like, I see it as a, in, this, in the same vein of, like, you know, I'm being thrusted into a situation. Like, it's, it's bigger than you. There's some global conspiracy going on. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, I'm being chosen specifically for something that is much bigger than myself. What if it was, like, the alt-right, like, targeting you to commit this murder for them? And you were just like, well, this is bigger than me. I don't know what it is or what they stand for, but it's bigger than me, so I gotta I mean, do it. Obviously, obviously, like I said, there are limitations, but, you know, I might ask questions first. Well, good to know. You would commit murder out of peer like, pressure. Like, would you ask I would me? commit murder. Like I'm saying, like I'm saying, it would be enough to get me to ask why they want stuff to happen instead of me just being like, I'm not doing this. Bye. 
It's just crazy to me that you would hear them out. It would be less be like, out of, like... But that's the thing. It, it's all right, me, well, let's hear what they had to say. It's not me hearing them out. It's more of, like, a... Uh, I'm curious what you have to say. Like, it's out of curiosity. Well, you just literally <laughs> rephrased what I said. That's well, what okay. <laughs> Make me an offer. Maybe I no, won't. but that's the thing. It's not like... It's not like I'm, cu- I'm curious to hear what they have to say, but that's not going to sway my decision whatsoever. Like, it's not like a situation where I'm like, yes, I could be convinced. Show me your PowerPoint. <laughs> what about $8,000 in a, in a rental car? To murder a guy? Yeah. No way, dude. I don't think you could pay me enough money to murder a guy. Why? If it was someone completely random, the chances of it being tied back to you are pretty slim. Doesn't matter. Cash money is cash money. So you're telling me you would kill... Would you do it, Zach? Would I murder someone for money? $8,000 in a rental car. (laughs) You think that's something that I'm going to admit in a public sphere? You're dead wrong. Okay, so that's a yes. I'm going to take that as a yes. You would do that for the same price it would cost you to suck eight dicks. Chris, again, it's a business decision. Right. If I kill the guy, I don't have to suck eight dicks. At that point, you have to ask the question: Like, is eight thousand dollars in my pocket? Like, are expenses paid, and how much do I get for lunch, breakfast, and dinner? Like, let's just say it's let's just say it's an afternoon job. You don't have to worry about breakfast, lunch, or dinner. (laughs) Hmm. I mean, obviously, my answer is no. Still, but let's just say like. You know, I'm walking Phoenix, and you were never really here. I got a, I got a set of skills. I just have to use them. It doesn't matter how. I just have to. I'm a cold-blooded killer. You are. Doesn't matter. Is this a situation, or is this you telling me that you're a cold-blooded killer? Like, Eight thousand dollars or fifty dollars doesn't matter. I gotta do it. Just gotta do it. Whatever, dude. You're nuts. I don't value human life, so you gotta do it. There's a lot of things I would do. I'd never take a man's life. Intentionally. A woman's life? I mean, now we're getting to different territory, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Never would take a human life. What if someone wanted to pay you to, like, kill their neighbor's dog? I mean... And it would still be a really, really, really high price, but probably no, never. Ten thousand dollars in a rental car. <laughs> I don't understand why this rental car is coming into play. What no. about sixty dollars, a Snickers bar, and four Bud Lights? <laughs> Although that is enticing. No, I'd never keep. Maybe if like kill somebody's goldfish, I'd do that. No problem. I would just tell them if they got it in the fishbowl, they're already going to kill it for them, so you don't have to. That's what I'm saying. Everybody, usually people kill the fish within the first, like, week anyways. They're like eight cents. Go get another one. <laughs> yeah, but this one specifically was, like, the reincarnation of Hitler or something. And if they could convince me that this fish was, like, the reincarnation of Hitler, I'd probably do it. What kind of evidence would you need to see to support that? Dude, I, I don't know. That's that's the thing. It takes a major convincing. 
I'd have to see some <laughs> sort of like Hitler like. I see, like, you look at the goldfish, he's got, like, a really weird, like, white spot right there. Like, kind of looks like a little Hitler stash. <laughs> That's enough for me, dude. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. All right, well. That was probably more entertaining than what Zach will have to say about Forrest Gump, so. Not what Zach will have to say. What BuzzFeed, uh, let's see, what what does it say? Nine reasons why Forrest Gump is actually the worst. Let's go. So you're telling me that you got your reasons why Forrest Gump is awful from BuzzFeed? I'm just saying that I watched the movie and I tend to agree. Yeah, it's well, actually the worst. Well, let's, we can just go ahead and get into it. Um, so, Chris, this was your pick. So, obviously, you're a big Forrest Gump head. I like Forrest Gump. I really do. It's, like, very nostalgic for me. This was one of the, like, when I, when I mentioned the five movies we used to own when I lived on Bowling Drive, this was one of the five movies. Nice. What, when did this, what movie, what year did this movie come out? 1994? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was a big year. It won, it won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor. Did it win Screenplay? I actually don't know. Mm, got, um... Hold on. Forrest Gump won six Academy Awards. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Visual Effects, and Best Film Editing. Best Visual visual Effects? Yes. Lieutenant Dan, none of that was like... Lieutenant Dan losing his legs, none of that was like... um, tricks with the camera at all. That was completely visual effects. I bet people went crazy when... for like all like the... TV clippings with like the president superimposed on there. Yeah, dude. That's or like crazy. Tom Hanks has the KKK member. Yep. Those presidents, like I don't remember them like sticking out so much. Like I remember like when I watched it the other night though, I was like, why does this? Why do these guys all look like South Park characters? Like, <laughs> but they look like in like uh, the South Park movie when Saddam, like when they have Saddam Hussein and his mouth just. Like goes like this no matter what he's saying. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's funny though. Anyways, do you want me to explain why I believe this should be a Hall of Fame review? Yeah, go for it. Why not? All right. This should be a Hall of Fame review because the story is second to none. The way it's not they true. pass through time is second to none. <laughs> It's also not true. Forrest Gump is an iconic character. It is How? one of the most. He's, he's quotable... nothing. Forrest Gump is nothing. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me let me get through my spiel. We can go yeah, yeah, let the man have his piece. It is one of the most quotable movies of all time. The score is incredible. The way they're able to tell stories for side characters because Forrest Gump isn't much of a character is superb. Not even just through snippets in the movie, the way they're able to create long character development throughout the entirety of the movie for two characters specifically I will mention. Lieutenant Dan and Jenny is incredible. And as Jake said, the visual effects were pretty freaking good. I mean, maybe back in 1994. Yeah, whatever. I'm just saying. 
for its time, I'd give it credit. Well, the TV stuff is bad. I don't, I, I don't know how they did Lieutenant Dan's legs. I'm not sure. You would have to. There was a, there was a documentary I watched after I watched the movie. It was, or not a documentary. It was like the movies that made us. It was like a, t- a series on Netflix, and they did Forrest Gump for one of the episodes, and it was, it's pretty friggin' cool. Well, how'd they do Lieutenant Dan then? So basically, they didn't want. Lieutenant, because they they thought about doing a lot of tricks, like when he's laying in the bed, just having his legs like tucked into holes that was inside the bed. That's an easy way out. But they wanted to genuinely make him seem as if his legs were gone. So they like they like I think tied his legs behind him or something like that, and then they just put like green screen caps on his knees or something, uh, something like that. And I can't specifically remember, but it was a pretty freaking cool. Hmm. Um, yeah, I guess Forrest Gump was definitely a big part of my growing up. Had to, definitely watched it a lot, and I'm pretty certain that it was, like, an unwritten Bangor High School rule that you had to watch Forrest Gump every year. Because <laughs> I definitely watched it a couple times in the, in the history class. Mm-hmm. There are... There are some things that I do think are like kind of fun and clever, and you kind of laugh at them. But I think overall, like, I think the beginning is a little slow to start, and I think the ending drags a little bit. But I do like some of the stuff that happens in the middle. I would say like once he goes, I think like once he goes to Vietnam, and then all the way up through to when. Uh, Ginny comes back into his life. Like I think that might be the best. That might be the best stretch of the movie. I like the football. Yeah, it's not bad. Oh, Vietnam is definitely the best part of the movie, and I feel like that's not really anything that can be disputed. Vietnam, and then the the fishing boat or the surfing boat. You mean the one that he names Jenny because he's. Obsessed with this woman who clearly wants nothing to do with him. That's the that thing. One. It is never established that she wants nothing to do with him. She cares about him. She just doesn't want him in that way. But, okay. Oh, boy. Okay. It's it's the cringiest thing about the movie. Because it's like, it implies... The movie is basically implying that because Forrest Gump is the nice guy in these in when she's had all these like losers and lowlifes... That because he's the nice guy, so he somehow, like, inherently owes him something. And that is just such nonsense. That, like... I wouldn't say that's ever The movie established. portrays it as if, like, Forrest is the guy that Jenny needs to be with, even though she has little, literally no interest in it. Yet it's still portraying it as, like, well, Forrest deserves to have <laughs> Jenny for whatever fucking reason. I wouldn't say that there's ever really... Mentioned, hinted at, or whatever that Jenny is supposed to be with Forrest. What I will say is that it is established that Jen that Forrest is nice to Jenny, and Forrest treats Jenny right when they are together. But Jenny, is sta- it, it, throughout the entire film, is able to do things on her own, and, and and that is fully worked through when she leaves with her child, and never mentions to Forrest that she has a child. Because she doesn't need to, and she doesn't want to. 
Uh, I, I would say the most glaring thing that stood out to me, like watching this time, is that this movie is like it's the conservative narrative, like wet dream, and it's like if you just work hard your entire life and do what you're told, life will turn out fine for you. And if you try to go against the grain at all and like try to make something else of yourself, you will die of AIDS. And like, hold on, Forrest Gump is. Granted, he is doing a lot of what he's told, but... No, no, no. He only does what he is told. He has no original thoughts of his own. He only does what he is told. Yeah, you're probably right. But that's not why he's successful. I can't think of any other reason why he would be. He kind of stumbles into a lot of stuff. That's exactly it. He's stumbling upon this. He's stumbling upon greatness. There's a by bit of constantly point. being told what to by listening to what he's told to do. That's not true. Nobody told him to play ping pong. Actually, that the African American gentleman literally drags him to the table and has him play. So no, that's yeah. not true either. He is taught to play ping pong. Forrest Gump then himself excels at ping pong. He goes for a run because he wants to go for a run. Nobody told him to do it, and then he ran for like four and a half years or some shit. The only thing I can say, he was told to go into the military. He was told to go play football. He was told to start a shrimping boat company. But every everything else is all forest. I guess you get to the end of this movie, right? And the credits start to roll. And then when you start thinking to yourself and you ask the question of like, well, what was the fucking point of that? I don't have an answer to that. What was the point? Yeah. We're going to tell you the story of this guy that seems to transcend politics and racism because he's a simpleton. And like, what, what, what's the fucking point? <laughs> The point is to enjoy the journey. This is a character-driven movie. What is what is there to enjoy? He's so bland and boring, and like we just established, he makes almost no real decisions for himself. You're enjoying everything around Forrest. And you're enjoying is, him, and, and you're enjoying the dynamic the of him That's the shittiest thing him. ever, that no, I'm no, supposed no, 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 to, like, ex- that I'm supposed to enjoy in a movie fucking called Forrest Gump, that the only things to enjoy... Are what's around Forrest Gump and not Forrest Gump himself. But that's not the only thing to enjoy. It's to enjoy Forrest Gump as a character within these situations. Because he's a simpleton, and no matter what situation it is in, he remains a simpleton. He remains, you know, exactly what he's supposed to be throughout the entirety of the movie. But because of that, he lacks any sort of complexity that would make him an interesting character to spend two and a half hours with. And that's what that's that's the thing I disagree with is that's where the complexity doesn't need to be because the complexity is placed in all the characters around him that aren't snippets they last throughout the movie. Well, I mean, nobody around him is really that complex. Let's be honest. I would. No one around him is really that interesting either. Lieutenant Dan's not interesting. No. Oh my gosh, that's where me and you completely disagree. Lieutenant Dan is the most interesting character in this entire movie. Well, isn't that a problem for a movie called Forrest Gump? <laughs> no, not at all, dude. It's like saying that, like, you know, Inglorious Bastards. 
saying that since Christoph Waltz is the most interesting point of that movie, the movie fails. Yeah, but well, the, movie the movie is not called, called like Rain. Lieutenant Aldo Rain, so that's what I'm fine saying. For Hans Landa to be the most important part. No, because it's about the inglorious bastards. It's about these people that go into whatever. We're not debating that movie. All I'm <laughs> saying is that the most interesting part of that movie is not the inglorious bastards. And but and that's okay. And it's okay for Lieutenant Dan to be most interesting part of a movie it's, called For Itself. It's different to say like that. Okay, first of all, Hans Landa, like, that character is compelling, like, because Christoph Waltz, like, steals the show. Like, that's different than, like, what happens in Forrest Gump. Like, Lieutenant Dan is just the only character that, like, is even remotely interesting because of his situation. It's not because Gary Sinise steals the fucking show with his all-star performance. All right. I mean that is a fair point. I, I cannot I cannot I mean I can't like tear down I can't like build up Gary Sinise compared to Christoph Waltz. I'm not about to do that. But I'm just saying the character is incredible and Forrest Gump involved in these situations isn't incredible. Like the story itself is just beautiful. How? Because you're what you're just having fun with this guy as being you're being thrust into situations as he's being arguably everything that happens to him is not fun. It's complete. Well, that's the thing. It's like when everything is completely chance and random. Well, it's like well, it could have happened to anybody, but it wouldn't have happened the same way. Like for yeah, somebody could have gone to Vietnam, but because they're not Forrest Gump, they didn't win the Medal of Honor and save five, five people. And anybody really, could have played ping pong, but because they're not Forrest Gump, they didn't get good enough to play in China. And sure, you know, anybody could have met Bubble Gump and started a shrimping company, but because he's Forrest Gump, he stayed on the water and was the only boat left and became a millionaire. Like, that's what's so incredible about it, because he's Forrest Gump. Well, exactly. It's, like, it's But it's all just accident. Yeah, so... Like, the shrimping boat being successful was because they were caught in a storm. Like, any any idiot could have gotten caught in a storm and then just been the one left over. But it was that's everybody... What's really, that's what's really weird about Forrest Gump, like, thinking about it and I'm watching this time around. Like, screenwriting 101, pluck out of any, any, like, class or, like, book on writing, and it's your character should never be passive. Like, they should make decisions and choices that like have consequences or outcomes and Forrest Gump completely goes against all of that and they don't think he makes any decisions like he is like the definition of a passive character he makes the decision to run across country I, okay he makes one decision at the end of the movie but nothing like, like that in no, itself like, character no development making, like, like no. no because he doesn't change from who he is as a small boy to who he is as a grown man, he's the fucking same. He may be act the same, but making that decision isn't in itself a growth in being who you are. Like if being you take somebody a- that only does what you're told to being somebody that does something on their own. Is that not growth? No. I disagree. I would not say that Forrest Gump changes or grows in any way. Maybe not as a person. And, he, and it may he not be... Physical, how, how he does physically grow. He does physically <laughs> grow because he goes from a child to a man. So he physically grows. Maybe not in like... Maybe not in like... Again, how he conducts himself or how he acts. 
or and it may not be sustained growth, but it's growth. It is an act of growth. An act Dead of cat bounce growth would be an act of growth. Dead cat bounce growth. What? I said dead cat bounce growth. Now, I can't lie and say that there are, like, kind of, like, some funny anecdotes that happen in the movie. Um, that, like, okay, yeah, sure, like, it's, you know, they're, like, funny as they're happening. But, yeah. I will I say, like, the movie does not age well. No, I don't think so. What do you mean? Well, the movie opens with Forrest Gump telling a black woman that he's named after the, the founder of the KKK. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, so, those like, parts are awful. So, like, it, it, I think what's worse than, like, just the fact that that is happening in the movie is what's being implied in the scene that's like, oh, that Forrest, he's so silly, like, he he can't even you can't even think about saying Forrest Gump is a racist because he just doesn't know any better. He's a simpleton, and so like, not only is that like extremely condescending, it's also it's kind of like demeaning and like to Forrest I, to to just everyone. <laughs> I'm trying to understand you, like. Okay. So, the movie kind of seems to take this position that because of how, because we established very early that Forrest Gump has a low IQ, he can't really be held responsible for any of the things he does in the movie. Like pulling his pants down in a national, like, media televised event to show the president of the United States, like, his ass because he made a joke about it, like... That's funny, though. Like, be, like because like because you establish that he has the IQ of someone that has, like, intellectual disabilities, we can't... He can't be held responsible for anything that he does. I mean, like, what, I guess, is... What can you possibly be done about somebody doing that to the president of the United States? I'm I'm not saying like, like what responsibility is there to be held in a situation like that. I'm just saying in general, it's saying that he is above these things because of intellectual disabilities. Above what? Being held anything. accountable. Like yeah, anything that he does. Um. Maybe. I guess yeah. I understand what you're saying a little bit. I guess I don't understand it in its full capacity. Well, I think what he's trying to get is that he's made out to be a hero because he doesn't see these things. But the reality of it is that he's too stupid to understand these things. So how can you make a hero out of him? I don't yes. think anybody ever play. I don't. I don't think they ever play him off to be a hero. He like, wins the Medal a, of Honor. He's a fucking yeah. hero. He's yeah, a but hero they make a everybody. joke of the situation, dude. Like they make a joke of that. Well, it's also interesting, like, because like, the whole, like, the whole thing was that, like, when the movie came out, a lot of people were quick to jump on the idea that, like, okay, this is, like, conservative values. So then people were like, oh, no, 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 it's all about humanity and, like, seeing the best in people. And, like, you know, you know, Forrest Gump is this ideal character because he doesn't care about race or, 
He doesn't care about any of this stuff. What's well, like he he's too stupid to know about these things. So it's so it's not like he actively understands them and then tries to be different and go against like his southern heritage. He's too stupid to understand what it is. So he can't actively go against those things. And I'm not claiming him to be a humanitarian. You don't need to be, but like that was the whole marketing thing behind the movie. Okay, well, whether like, it's the marketing they, thing behind that, the that was that was how they backpedaled out of like people like pegging it for being like a conservative film and like promoting conservative values, which I, they, I think it does. I disagree. How? Because uh, I think the movie is just. A I told good you ride. the one liberal character in the movie dies of AIDS. So. Come on, Chris. Read the subtext here. I'm just saying, I don't see this as a I know movie you're oblivious you to, to almost everything, no, no, no. but, like, read the subtext here. I'm just saying, so why does it good Christian boy who serves in the military and does everything he's told has a nice, fine life. The one who doesn't dies of AIDS. Here's what I'm saying. If you are preaching that there are conservative values in this movie, you also have to accept the fact that Forrest doesn't really know or align with what conservative values are. Again, he is a character that is being thrust into these situations basically just because it's happening. Well, he's relying on the fact that he's a simpleton to get him out of something. Yeah, he's just a stand-in for, like, the everyday conservative. Like, just do what you're told. Don't go against the grain. Don't, uh, you know, like, basically what your country says is right. What, you know, don't don't challenge any of that. I disagree. I believe that that is an overcomplication of a simple story. Okay. But, like, those things are there. Like, whether, you can choose to ignore them, I guess, which you clearly are. I just it doesn't mean that they're like, not there. Well, that's the thing is I don't understand how it's me choosing to ignore them. How because are you're they saying, there? Like, it's, it's the same fucking argument with, like, King Kong vs. Godzilla, which is like, well, you, you're thinking about it too hard. You're just supposed to be entertained and enjoy the story. And it's like, if, the, if these things are there, then, like, it's a part of it. Like, it's... Okay. So it's, like, there's still there's still like how... an analysis to be drawn from that. Yeah, sure. And you can have your analysis all you want. I guess what I'm saying is, is how are you able to apply a conservative value to this movie? Like, isn't that something that you you're thrusting yourself upon the movie? No, because there are defined conser- like cultural conservative values, and then there are things throughout the movie that align with that. Okay. Which so is like which is which is a profound some... respect for the military check that's in this movie like serving he has no respect for the military i'm not saying forrest gump does the movie does the movie has a profound respect for the military yes yeah okay i would say the movie has no profound respect for the military i would say the movie has a profound respect for forrest gump's journey through the military and it has a very deep analysis as to not an analysis it has a very deep hint as to why the Vietnam War was a wrong war to have, and that is told through Jenny's experience as a, a in in their in their um with through their protests through. But look, but look, look at the when actual war any, themselves. When any sort of example of counterculture is used, it's almost in like a 
it's almost used in to make it like a non-issue, right? So like during like the Vietnam War protests, they literally have someone pull the plugs off the microphone so you can't hear what any of the anti-Vietnam people would say. And then you have the scene of uh, Forrest Gump like at the Black Panther party, and what happens? Like literally one of the members of this party is beating a woman, so Forrest steps in and beats him up. So that puts an end to that right there. Like. Every time anything even remotely democratic or liberal is shown throughout the movie, it's always almost in like a, we're going to quickly suppress it once we address it. And again, the only liberal character in the movie dies of AIDS. Also, think about that too. Like Jenny is like one of the few white people who are involved with the Black Panthers, but what does she get out of it? She gets beaten up at this Black Panther meeting. I'm trying to run through the movie. One second. <laughs> take your time. Take your time. <laughs> plus, you also have. Plus, there's also the idea of just like, like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and just working hard. But he's not working hard. How is he not working hard? He's just Nothing working on a shirt. Do you think being okay, a, a shrimp maybe, fisherman maybe, is easy? No, 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 no. That's not. That's not what I meant. Maybe, maybe the way I worded easy. it was wrong. He is working hard. But he's also getting an extreme amount of luck throughout the entire movie. But I, I, I think the movie is saying that it's not luck. It's that if you hold these values, this is the type of success that you will have. I mean, I get what you're saying. In the movie, it very much could be luck for the character. But if you take like one step back from the movie and look at it as how it fits into culture, I think it is saying, if these are the values you have, this is the kind of success you can suspect. See, I understand what you're saying. I get where you're saying it has a, what were you saying, a conservative, what were slant. you saying? A, a conservative glance, or slant, whatever. It has a conservative viewership, and upon further analysis, on my end, I understand, and I would agree with you. It does. But having said that, why is that a horrible thing? I'm not saying that it is a horrible thing. I was simply like arguing it because you were saying it wasn't there. Fair. Oh, I'm glad we glad we finished settled that. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> In the, at the end of the day, my poor review of this movie has nothing to do with its conservative slant. Ignoring no. that. What were we saying? Oh, just that, I, just that to you, like, okay, yeah, all that aside, like, I think there are, like, some, like, kind of, like, funny moments that, uh, I think that there are some moments that are cute or whatever, um... But ultimately, like, I just can't get over. Like, like I said, like, I can't get over how slow the beginning is, and then once, once he like once he essentially um, is like finished telling his story, and then goes to meet up with Jenny, and then that's like the story finishes out. Like I don't know, I just don't. I think it loses a lot of steam really quickly. Well, because like once Forrest stops doing things, 
at that point I could understand. Like once he's like stops with his run and Jenny comes back, like at that point the whole movie seems to be focused on mostly like their romance, which I can understand why we might be moving slow at that point considering there it doesn't really seem to be much romance to be had considering it doesn't seem like that's something that she wants even when they're together. Here's what I do you think it's crazy that nobody knows who Forrest Gump is? Yes. Wholeheartedly. Are you kidding me? The dude was a national celebrity playing tennis or uh, ping pong for the United States against China. He was a Medal of Honor winner. He owns uh, Bubba Gump Shrimp, which is one of the most successful shrimping companies in the entire country. And he ran across country for like four and a half years. That was the big thing. Like, that would be the most insanely televised thing. Like, somebody just running across the country continuously for four years. Yeah. That's something that, like... And, like, every single time they asked him why, he's like, I just felt like running. I tried looking it up, and I couldn't find anything about anybody thinking about this way. But do you think... Just just spitballing here, just throwing something out. Do you think that Forrest's tales are made up? Yes. Do you think but none he of it, himself is making them up? Like, well, like none of these things actually happened. He's literally is just like a slow, like simple man who just like is fascinated by telling stories. So he just tells these people these random things, uninvited. <clears throat> so, so none of those things actually happened. Yeah, because all of this, like, because if you think about it, like how insanely lucky he is. Like, I was kind of thinking, like, what if, like, none of this happened? Like, he's just telling, like, a life that he wish he could have. Possible. I think it's less fun if you think of it that way, but... <laughs> Possible. That was just... that interpretation of the movie fits the conservative slant, so no. <laughs> I was more just curious if you could read it that way, and that if anything like makes it fall apart. I guess there is the one thing where he shows the woman the cover, and it's him and Lieutenant Dan on the cover for bubble for um, Bubblegum Shrimps, like Forbes magazine or something. Yeah, whatever it is, maybe that's the only one. But there was a part in the movie I was like, I wonder if this like you, you can interpret this as all all of it's made up, like none of this well, happened. Like- in the beginning, he opens up the briefcase, and I know he has the ping pong paddle in there, but who's to say that was him being like, maybe who's, who's to say this wasn't like a usual suspects type of type of thing? He just opened his briefcase, saw that shit, and went off and based off what he saw. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Spacey yeah. the whole time. <laughs> he doesn't actually have that voice. He's just been playing that the entire time. Oh, I hate that fucking movie. The usual, usual suspect? suspect? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I definitely Why? think it's overhyped. I don't think the twist makes any sense. Because of its conservative slant? No, this movie does not have a... <laughs> like, Kaiser Sosa like, being Kevin Spacey, like, that doesn't make any sense. When you start I'm... thinking about it, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know about that. But we're not here to talk about the usual suspects, Zach. We're here to talk about Forrest Gump. I'm sure there was a BuzzFeed article about it. Hold on, I'll find it. There might be. I don't know. Why does BuzzFeed say this movie is the worst? Let's look. Like, what are the bullet points? Probably everything Zach already said. He's just been reading them off. No, I didn't actually even read these. 
I just found the article. Ooh, number one. In Forrest Gump, intellectually disabled people aren't really people. Yikes. He's a person. Well, it's arguing that, like, they basically make Forrest Gump slow to, so that he can be used as a symbol for innocence. And that he has no true personality. Well, I mean, which is true. I mean, he doesn't have any personality. Who's to say that's a representation of the entire group of people? He's never allowed to be angry, feel fear. Yeah, I mean, they're not wrong. He kind of only has two emotions, happy or sad. Most of the time, he's happy. What else they got? He also says he was scared in the movie. This is a good one. Forrest Gump teaches us that with enough persistence, you can convince a woman to love you. I would say that Jenny never loves him in that same way, despite her actions. Yeah, I don't really. I never really got that she loves him. I just think she is like ultimately as sad as it is. I think she just settles for Forrest. Oh, this is this is ultimately what I was trying to say right here. The audience is clearly supposed to believe that Jenny owes Forrest sex on account of the fact that his love is so pure. She just can't see it until she's punished for her sluttiness with AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think that... I don't think that it's, I'm supposed to read it as that he's... that he's owed that. I just see it as, like, because he's so... because he's a simpleton, like, she was just the first person that showed him any... Like, he would have fallen in love with the first person that was nice to him because of, like, because of, like, his simple mind, right? And so, like, and she does a pretty like, a pretty good job throughout the movie of warding him off and is clearly not interested. I just think she comes to him when her life is the lowest of the low. So, really, like, Ginny's kind of a piece of shit. I agree. Oh, she definitely sucks. Like, it's just like, wow, like, nothing else is really going for me. Like, I have no job. Like, I have no future. Like, I like was a drug addict. Like, nothing's really good for me. I guess I'll just go to this guy that's always loved me. I want to know if her kid has AIDS. But, like, is it actually AIDS, though? Like, I mean, it's never confirmed that it's AIDS, but, like, it can be it can be inferred that it's AIDS. I guess you can infer it, but I was just curious, like, doesn't that mean that Forrest would have AIDS because he's left with her? Not if he's protected. But he wasn't protected. He had a kid. A kid. <laughs> That's a good point. Who's to say when <laughs> she contracted AIDS? Maybe she contracted AIDS afterwards? No, I think it's definitely supposed to be implied that her way of life had that, is what happened to her. Here's Chris, here's my favorite part of the movie. Hmm. It's probably in like the first 10 minutes. <laughs> it's all downhill after this one part. And it's when, like, the mom is trying to get him into private school. So she brings the principal back to the house. Oh, my and, gosh, like, I know. They have they they have sex, and, like, the guy, like, makes all those weird noises. And he comes downstairs, and he's like, your mama sure, sure does care about your education. And then he, like, does the noises back to him. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> 
First time I saw this movie, I rewinded it and played that part like twice. Yep, that times. sounds like something you would do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. After that scene, That's it's funny. all downhill. Oh. I think one of my favorite low key lines is when Lieutenant Dan says to him, he's like, Have you found for have you found Jesus for us? And he's like, I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for him. <laughs> oh my gosh. I do uh, like I think, cigarettes. <laughs> I think the movie uses those like those lines like that, like in a way to undercut getting at anything even like remotely serious I mean you are basically following Forrest Gump and he can't get into anything serious as a character so which it's only I guess, well, I guess is a problem which I guess is really too bad because I guess there like, I think realistically I guess there is a lot to explore like through Lieutenant like, Dan like like losing have, his legs and like this total re- yeah. like his shifting of perspective of life, like wanting to die in the battlefield, but then now he's forced to live as a cripple, like and like like the the, the trauma that that leads to. Like there, I think there's definitely like a lot to explore there. That's like Zach is saying, it's kind of undercut. Like you have this man like laying in a hospital bed, like PTSD, like just wanted to die out there. And then, like, it's immediately undercut by, like, Lieutenant Dan, I brought you ice cream. It's like, okay. And then, like, sorry I ruined your Black Panther party. Yeah, I never liked that scene anyways. It all gets just undercut by the simpletonness. That's the thing, because, like, I don't think this... I don't think this movie wants the audience to feel anything. But just like, oh, just feel happy. Like, just don't worry about anything. Don't worry about that terrible war in Vietnam. Like, don't worry about racial injustice. Don't worry about any of this stuff. Like, just have a good time with Forrest. Let's not even think about it. Is that wrong? Forrest Gump definitely seems like one of those people that would say, I don't see color. I think it's wrong because within a way, I think they're trying to explore it. Because, like, otherwise they wouldn't have introduced it. But then it's like... Well, they're trying to address it because you can't talk about the time periods without addressing the major events of the time if you're going to literally take a walk through, like, presidency after presidency. Well, you could have picked it in history. Then why... Why choose a man to go through history that literally can't experience it? Or have any, like... like it's not like we're getting an objective point of view where it's like, here's someone with a complete clean slate and like, we're just going to see from like an omniscient point of view, what history was like. Like, like, no, like you're getting, you're getting these events through the lens of conservative America. And then that's it. Like, it, we have we literally have a character that can't interact with the most monumental events like of the 20th century. I mean, he can and he does. He just interacts. No, he with can't them though. Not in any meaningful way. Not in any not meaningful in way, way. But he's able to interact with them like, as he can. 
I guess not in a way that's worth making a two and a half hour movie about. And I that see that's where I disagree is that when people when you say that this movie isn't worth being made, it most definitely is because whether you want to focus on what you see as meaningful moments, you know, well, when you want the meaningful moments from Forrest and you don't get them and you feel left unsatisfied, I'm okay getting those moments from those around him. But I, I guess I don't... The people around him don't really do anything of note either. I would say Bubba dying during the war, his mom dying of cancer... Jenny contracting AIDS, having a kid, leaving, getting beat by her boyfriend, and going through all the, tra- you know, having to deal with as a kid the, the, the abuse from her father, and then Lieutenant Dan going to war, getting his legs blown off, having to deal with basically not being, feeling as if he should have died on the battlefield, but still coming home, having to cope with that, and then having to come to peace with it. And that's why I agree with Jake when I say the latter part of the movie is definitely slower. But everything up until, you know, the the bubble, the end of the bubblegum shrimp sequences, there is meaning to be found there, and it's not with Forrest, and that's okay. I guess then, as we stated earlier, like it then, the reason the movie fails is because in a movie about Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump is the worst part. I wouldn't say he's the worst part because he's definitely like an enjoyable character. How he does nothing. He's not. He's not enjoyable. Yes, he is, dude. You're riding along with this guy who, granted, is not meaningful in 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 an excess. He's meaningful enough to get it, so you're able to interact with these other people, and that's the most important part. So without that, you don't have a movie. I would agree that you don't have a movie here. Without Forrest Gump. <laughs> no. No, just in general. Yeah. This is one of those things that, like, maybe could work, like, as a book, as something that's just, like, it was you're going a book. to literally just, like, you're just, you're just going to to read about this, this man, going, like, a, a fake biography through history, Right. Like, I could see that working. But visually, like, trying to tell the story in a visual way, I don't think it works. In the book, because this was a book, and apparently it was a very awful book, the guy who wrote the book, like, got first crack at the screenplay, and he wrote it so that Forrest at one point went into space, and he eventually ended up in the jungle where he got an orangutan like these would have been an orangutan companion. Like the, apparently though that happens. And they were almost going to write a sequel to Forrest Gump at one point in time, but they scrapped the project after nine eleven. Did Forrest Gump be nine eleven? Was he on Oh my god, I would love to see a movie with Forrest Gump on the airplane that gets hijacked. They had they had this one sequence where he was in the back of the white Bronco. O.J. Simpson was driving. They had a sequence where he was just like you know in that in that uh, that that uh, visual effects like meeting the old president style way where he was like poking his head from behind outside in the white Bronco. <laughs> see, those are the scenes I would love to see. Like like Forrest Gump like help like stop the break in at Watergate. 
<laughs> I, when I, it's like when I first saw that, I had no idea what that is. But when I got older and figured out what exactly was happening, I was like, of course, Forrest was just the finding the starting fucking wa- uh, Watergate scandal. Like, Forrest Gump like kills Osama bin Laden. These are gonna be great scenes. Forrest Gump is part. <laughs> Captures Saddam Hussein. <laughs> what the fuck? That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Forrest Gump, interesting movie. So this is what going on tw- thirty years old now. Almost. We'll It'll be. Now, do you guys get the sense that this movie is sort of being forgotten and left behind? Like, do you really know a lot so. of people? Who, like, do you know no. a lot of people who like talk about it or say that they what? love it? I, like, I think it's like Chris said when he was talking about it being quotable. It is. It is That's one of the most hear. quotable movies of all time. Like, "Life is like a box of chocolates" is going to be one of the most well-known movie quotes of all time. Yeah, run Forrest, oh, yeah. run probably. Run Forrest, run. Friggin' um, gosh, what else was there? I have a few. I have like a page of Forrest Gump quotes right here. I mean, hashtag cancel Forrest Gump. He's a racist. He's a racist. Stupid is as stupid does. I love the I love the kids' like ac- southern accents on the school bus. Taken. Seats. Seats taken. Can't say hair. You can sit with me if you want to. My friggin' gosh. I like when Jenny's on stage and it's like, the guy's like booing her and she's like, don't be such a jerk, I'm just singing a song. It's like, that, that's how you would handle a heckler? <laughs> you were getting torn up at the comedy store, lady. Oh, there you go. What do you think of Robin Wright as Jenny? I think she's terrible. I think she plays good for the character she's provided. Yeah, Jenny might be the worst character. I like Lieutenant Dan. I really do. I, I think like the mom is the is the most interesting character, and we don't get really any time with her. Lieutenant Dan undergoes the most transformation. He has a completely different outlook on life. Physically and emotionally. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Forrest literally starts as a boy and grows to a man. That's a pretty big physical change. I would say losing your legs is <laughs> going from, you know, a full-grown man to, like, a half I don't a know, man. Three, three, I don't know, three-fourths the size would probably be a more extreme transformation <laughs> than what's expected of you. If we're talking strictly inches here, it's not that, it's not that bad. It's not about size. It's about severity of, of change. Based on the norm.
That's true for Lieutenant Dan. Like now that he lost his legs, his his dick to body ratio went up. That's a that's something to look up on. That so. Really is. Well, Chris, to be fair, he's in a wheelchair, so he's going to be looking up at everyone. Fucking goth, dude. I'm going to edit that shit out, but he'll never edit anything I ask him about. Oh, yeah, that's gold. Oh, my gosh. Um... All right. Do you guys have anything else you want to say about Forrest Gump? Nope. Okay, Chris, what are you going to give it out of five stars? Five. I think I'm going to go three and a half. Uh, it's a one. <laughs> well, the obligatory question, Chris, does it belong in the Hall of Fame? Yes, of course it does. I'll say yes, only because I know what Zach's answer is. <laughs> no. <laughs> one. A one? Yeah. Oh Just out of curiosity, I want to go to Letterboxd and read some one-star reviews of Forrest Gump. Yeah, please. I, I want to read some one-star oh, reviews some good of Zach. Yeah, where did I rate higher than Forrest Gump? Probably some trash. How can I... Let's see. I just want to read some reviews. How can I read some reviews? How do I... What the hell? Is there no way to just click on the ratings and look at the ratings? I think you have to go to reviews and then filter by... Where's the... Fucking gossip. Wait, where's the reviews? I don't even see that section. Crew details. Genres. Cast. It's like how can I read reviews? Can I only do it oh, can I only do it on the website, not the I can't do it on the mobile app. No, I can do it on the app. Really? How'd you get to it? I went to reviews. Where's reviews, though? Like, scroll down. How far down do you scroll? I don't know. It's there. It's not fucking there, dude. There's ratings. There's one guy wrote a one-star review. It says, I want to get in a physical fight with Forrest Gump, the character. I want to kick his ass. You rated Pet Cemetery, the new one higher than Forrest Gump. Yeah, it's a better movie. Oh my fucking god. What are some other good one star reviews? Okay. This Rated. person nailed it on the head. Awful yet effective piece of propaganda. Obey all orders blindly and you'll be promptly rewarded. Disobey and fight back and you'll get AIDS and die. That's exactly what you said. Oh my fucking gosh. You've got a very pessimistic view, my man. Definitely the most overrated movie ever made. That's That might be true. 
You rated Ready Player One higher than you rated this movie. Let's tell you how much I hate this movie. Oh my gosh. Deep Blue Sea 2 is rated higher than this movie. That is better than this movie. You gave Black Panther a one and a half? That's about right. I don't know. <laughs> this person says the only choice that Forrest Gump makes is when he decides to drink Dr. Pepper over Sprite or Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> this one's pretty good. Don't me. Oh, yeah, that was a, a good, good one, way. dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you froze, Zach. What did you say? <laughs> oh, uh, it says. Don't mean to offend all the gump heads, but I can imagine the pitch now. He's mentally disabled, but like in a good way. <laughs> Let's see. Uh... This person's firing on all cylinders, this Phil guy. Tom Hanks stars as a meat-headed southern redneck who joins the military and kills people. When he gets out, he becomes famous for doing all kinds of idiotic things. The script was something Steven Spielberg accidentally left in the bathroom stall after he wiped his ass on it. (laughs) (sighs) That's pretty good. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on. Let's talk about some other stuff that we watch. What else do you guys got? Well, I talk about all depends on what we're reviewing next week. Um. Okay, so I guess I I misunderstood the Green Knight that they're only doing a one day release on VOD. Okay. So the Suicide Squad might be the easiest. I talked about... I I watched uh, The Green Knight. Um, I really liked it. I didn't think I was going to going in, and I remember seeing the original trailer, and then given the first, like, 30 seconds of the movie, I thought I was gonna, like, I was gonna be a slow movie where I hated everything, <laughs> but it wasn't bad. On. Hold on, I got one more... One more review for you. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, hold on. I gotta collect myself. It's a good one. How many stars is this? This is a one-star review, and it says, okay. This movie took a forest dump right on my face. <laughs> <laughs> That's what made you laugh that hard? That's Ooh. good. Yeah. Anyways, Green Knight was really good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a cool um, idea since it was based on a story from like however long ago. Um, there were at times where the visual effects were interesting, like not that great. But other than that, the story itself was awesome. The Green Knight, the look of the Green Knight itself was incredible. Um, 
and I like the character growth throughout the movie. Does it get, like, really fantastical at points? No. See, that's the thing, is I was expecting it. It's not, like, overly fantastical. It's just... It treats it as if it's a reality of this world and that it's nothing to be taken too seriously. Okay, so it's kind of like an everyday thing in this world. Yeah, basically. Some of stuff. Okay, cool. Which it was nice. It was nice. And um, there were points where I was like, this seems a little out of place, but ultimately I, I, it didn't take away from anything. And the movie itself was just top-notch. I enjoyed it. Um, is there good good music in it? It's okay. It's not like what like the the classic stuff that you would hear in a like an Arthurian tale, kind of like the ding 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 ding. You know what I'm talking about? Isn't that the song from Sherlock Holmes? I don't know. Well, but like that that instrument, whatever it is, the mandolin or whatever. I don't know. It's not like is the Green Knight directed by Guy Ritchie? I would fucking hope so. Shit, I'd watch the shit out of that. You already did watch the shit out of this, and you said you loved it. No, no, I'm just saying I would watch the shit out of The Green Knight, directed by Guy Ritchie. Although, he already did an Arthurian tale. He did the Arthurian tale. That is true. And it was fucking cool. Nice. I can't always see it. Uh, let's see. I can say I only watched a couple of things in the last couple of weeks since my travels and such. Um, from a little bit ago, I can say that I went and saw um, the M. Night Shyamalan movie Old. <clears throat> Was there a twist? There's kind of a twist at the end. Not like an insane twist, but I guess a little bit of a play on what's going on. Um, I was not a big fan of it. I'm not, I wouldn't classify myself as a Shyamalan fan to begin with. Um, there are certain movies of his that I like, but I wouldn't say I like him per se. What's your, um, what's your problem with the Shyamalan? Um... I think mostly my problem with him is the writing. And so old is a very is a um, suffers from this a lot where I think he like introduces these concepts that are I wouldn't say that they're high brow or that they're complicated by any means. But he definitely thinks that the the viewing audience is kind of that they're idiots. Essentially, it's like Forrest Gump is watching these movies. Well, and, he is, and he t- he just has this. He has this. He has a need to have to explain, um, to explain things to you, and like overly explain things and simplify these things, and like instead of just watching the movie and sort of like being able to piece it together yourself, like he has to have these large, um, like expositional dialogue where someone is essentially just like vomiting all this information that you need to know all the time for me it just feels really clunky and out of place um and so like when you have a movie like old where 
the premise is that these strangers all meet on this beach and some for some reason like their bodies are rapidly aging um and so there's like these moments where like people are stopping and trying to like think out loud about like why this could be happening and trying to explain all these things and i don't know it, it just gets very clunky for me and um by the end ultimately i just kind of wanted to go and yeah I was not, oh. was not overly Before crazy about it. Before you guys continue it. any further, I just need to let you know I apologize if you hear anything, because I'm going to pee. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to leave this in. <laughs> yep. Sorry, guys. Oh, this is a good half-star review of Forrest Gump. This is what they forced Alex to watch in A Clockwork Orange. Oh, cool. <laughs> fucking god! There it is. Didn't wash my hands. Gross. Weird brag, but okay. <laughs> Don't worry, I wash my hands. So what's interesting about Force Gump is. It'll tell you on Letterboxd how many people have it as their top four favorite movies, and nobody has it in their top four favorite movies. What movie? Forrest Gump. That's nah, not in my top four. Maybe how many close. people have Space Jam New Legacy in their top four? Let's see. Fucking hope no one. Space Jam... Space Jam. Come on. Bring up new legacy. Fuck. Okay. Uh, uh, uh. Loading. Loading. Mueller. Oh, I see. Okay, so 55 people have it in their top... Oh, maybe I was at the wrong page. Okay, so 55 people have it in their top four. Okay, so I was probably wrong about Forrest Gump thing. I was looking in the wrong place. I bet plenty of people have it in their top four. Uh, yeah, 12,000 people. What a bunch of idiots. You're an idiot. True. Um, Zach, what'd you watch? Oh, uh, the only thing I can talk about that I remember watching is the first season of True Detective. I rewatched. Okay. And it's amazing. Probably the best season of television ever. It's pretty good. Quite good. Quite, quite good. Mm, yes, yeah, quite. <laughs> I remember, like, at the time, like, you know, this this basically was Matthew McConaughey, like, is back. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember I listened to his episode of, like, the Rich Roll podcast. He was talking about, you know, he wanted to break out of this role of, like, only being in, like, romantic comedies. And so he, he basically didn't work, like, a year and a half. He was saying, like, this one, like, company wanted him to do this romantic comedy, and, you know, they offered him, like, 
three million dollars, and he said no. So they offered him eight million, and he said no. And then ten million, he said no. And then their final offer came back with like eighteen million dollars to do this movie, and he said no. He like didn't work for almost two years, like and then because he wanted to do something challenging, like and then he got the role in True Detective. So was this like the start of the McConaissance, or was this peak McConaissance? I would say this was the start and the peak. Wow. <laughs> what was the middle of the McConaissance? Interstellar? Probably. The Lincoln Lawyer? Lincoln Lawyer was like a beginning, wasn't it? That's true, it was before that. Yeah, it definitely came out before. Lincoln Lawyer yeah, and like- Mud. I'm not trying to say that, like, he's not good in this, because I think he's great in the show, but, like, I think because he's so good, it kind of overshadows Woody Harrelson, where I think, like, that's also the best work that, like, Woody Harrelson's ever done. Hmm. I don't know, have you seen Zombie Land? You don't mow another man's lawn, Chris. You just don't do it. Was that a line in the show? Yeah. Wise words. Like, I guess... Like, recent, like I find myself... Like, more drawn to that. Like, I don't really care about, like, serialized television, I guess. Like, I have no interest in watching 18 season of Dove Grey's Anatomy. But, like... <laughs> single blocks of, like, eight to ten episodes, all, like, all one director, all written by one guy, like, I feel like that's where, like, that's a, that's a, that's the sweet spot. Are you gonna watch Watchmen at some point? Uh, maybe at some point. Or Chernobyl? Aren't those all different directors, though? Mmm, I can't say. I'm interested in Chernobyl. What's his name there? He's the showrunner for Watchmen. David Lindelof? Yes. I think Watchmen might be one of the next ones I watch. I would like to watch... um, I mean, I'm going to watch season two and three of True Detective. And then I think I'm going to watch... Too Old to Die Young, the Nicholas Winding Refn miniseries. Oh, yeah. Who did they cast in season two of True Detective? Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn. And Rachel That McAdams. seems like... But that just seems like a horrible follow-up to, like, Matthew, Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson's performances. Dude, this was, like, peak Colin Farrell, though. This I didn't know was that like was everywhere. There was, like, a short time there for maybe, like, two to three years where Colin Farrell was all over the place. Seriously? He was in a remake of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, but that's the only other thing I really remember. The Lobster was around the same time. Oh. Yeah, I try and forget about that. Yeah, there was a a couple of things. Was the Beguiled in there? Yeah. In the, the first episode of season two of True Detective, Colin Farrell, like, beats up this kid's dad. 
because this kid was bullying his son. So he beats up the dad and, like, makes the kid watch. And he was like, if you ever bully anyone again, I, what does he say? Think about how he come back and, like, skull fuck his... Like, his father's dead corpse or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Pretty great. Intense. Good stuff. Chris, you got anything else you watched? Um, watch Suicide Squad. Which we're talking about next week. Which we're doing next week. Okay. Um, I watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off. How long have it been since you've seen that? I watched it like two or three days ago. No, no, but like since, like how long had it been since you've seen it? Oh, it's been a long time. I gotta say, I, I remember watching the movie before and finding Ferris very charming and cool, but after watching it this time, I fucking hate him, dude. He's a real Forrest Gump. <laughs> no, he's just like... I'm, a I'm little tired shit. of seeing... Fo- well, he is, dude. Like, he is a little shit. Like, not even just him getting away with shit, because like, I can understand that, but like... Dude, like, manipulates his best friend into taking his dad priceless Ferrari, where there's only, like, ten or a hundred in the world that his dad spent, a ten, like, three years restoring. And he just manipulates him, and he tells him, oh, but, like, my dad keeps track of the mileage, and then, you know, fucking Ferris is just like, don't worry, we'll take the mileage off by putting it in reverse. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> if this works... It kind of almost like he deserves it, but Ferris Bueller is just kind of a dick. You're not wrong. I'm not. I'm not wrong. Yeah. Um. The only other thing of note that I've got here is I went and saw Pig, starring Nicolas Cage. And Nicolas Cage plays a truffle hunter out in the Oregon forest. And he has this uh, pet pig that he has with him who helps him go find truffles. And one night there's a break-in at his cabin and his pig is stolen. So he used, so with the help of this person that he has a contact with, it's the son from Hereditary. I can't think of what his name is. It's like Alex something. He was an old... He was an old, yep, and he's in Hereditary, that guy. Um, the guy from the Naked Brothers band? I don't think so. <laughs> what? He's definitely he in the Naked early. Brothers band. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Um, basically, him and Nicolas Cage uh, go through the city of Portland. Essentially, they're trying to track down uh, Nicolas Cage's stolen pig. And I, I sort of had it in my head that it was going to be this, like, incredibly cheesy, wild, like, sort of out-for-revenge movie where you're going to see some rage cage and, um, you know, him beating up people and whatever. But the, none of that happens, surprisingly. It's very uh, in disappointing. Fact, in fact, Nicolas Cage gets beaten up at one point. Um, and I thought, I, I thought it was a pretty good movie. The... It was more of one of those, like, 
I, you know, I had a certain expectation going into it. Um, when it was when it when the movie wasn't playing in those expectations, um, it took me a little bit to adjust. But I think having sat with it, you know, for a little bit after seeing it, um, I liked it a lot more. It definitely grew on me quite a bit. I'd like to I like to see it again. Um, only because like I had like heard some things about it and read some things about it, like some people's interpretation of it. So I'd like to see it again and try to like piece some of that together. Um, like I think I definitely think that that's there. I just wasn't picking up on it immediately, so I'd like to go back and fall through. But um, I definitely really enjoyed like the subtlety of Nicolas Cage's performance in this, and. Like, kind of shows that like, he doesn't have to go crazy and wild or whatever to be entertaining. Like, I thought he was really good in this. And I think um, I think you guys both would probably like it. Pig. Got it. Yeah, Pig. This continues to show that Nicolas Cage will do anything. Well, he's got a movie coming out called... I think it's called... Uh... What the fuck is it called? Something about uh, something about Ghostland is in the title, and he's like a samurai who fights ghost warriors, or something that like that. Sounds amazing. He's yeah. the only person I could picture to do that role, though. Tom Cruise. I would. The last want samurai, that. but with ghosts. <laughs> Forty-seven Ronin, but with ghosts. How do you? Mm. Um, what's that movie where Nick Cage plays himself at a party and like that hasn't come out yet but it's called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent okay that's one I'm kind of interested in seeing yeah I want to see that Okay. oh it's called Prisoners of the Ghost Land is this new one coming out in September how many movies does he pump out like on an average basis per year Two a good two? amount Get him out. It's just funny to me that he seems to be a kind of guy that's like quantity over quality because somebody's bound to appreciate it. It's just all about that cheddar, bruh. Good for him, though. Yeah, I can't wait for this next one to co- this next one to come out. It's gonna be really good. It's gonna be entertaining as hell. Let's just say, it. let's put it that way. Zach, anything else for you? That's it. Worth mentioning, Chris? You're good. Um, yeah, that's all I got. So I guess next week we're going to talk uh, Suicide Squad. Is that I locked in? I think, yeah. I think it leaves HBO in the next couple weeks. So. I just wanted to say, because I do start school on the 30th, if we're going to do the Before Trilogy, we probably should do it this upcoming week. Uh, I'm not doing it. I just wanted to let you guys know. All right. So either I'm, we're going to have to wait a little bit. I'm leaving this weekend. Otherwise, I would watch it this, this weekend. Yeah. So let's just do the Suicide Squad. It'll be easier. Sounds good. Well, as always, thanks for joining us. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Come back next week. Here's Talk the Suicide Squad. Until then, stay safe out there. Bye bye. I wish that Chis- 
Chris's chest hair connected to his beard. I wish that every day. He just went <laughs> all the way up. Here, I'll give you guys a little nipple. <laughs> I don't know that's what people want. This is a visual. No one gets to see this. I tried to get this to be a video podcast at one point in time, if I remember correctly. The only thing that would make this better is if, like, Chris was eating Cheetos and there was still, like, Cheeto dust in his chest there. Yep. I have some Cheez-Its in the other room. I almost busted them out, but I decided not to. If you were eating, um, yeah, like Zach said, the Cheeto, like, puffs, you'd almost look like the guy from Toy Story 2 who does the <laughs> painting of Woody. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! How'd you guys know I was trying to be that guy? To look at you, dude! I fucking know. I've given up on the day. I lost today. I'm accepting defeat. This is me accepting defeat. You lost today? Why? What happened today? That was just a shitty day. Did you get to work today? No. It was fucking boring though. Sat on my couch and watched some movies or TV earlier, and then I went to Staples and went to Bull Moose, kind of fucked around, went to a couple stores, went to get some dinner with Alyssa when she got out of work, and then... Oh, was that was that the part that made it bad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking hate it any time I have to spend time with that person. Why'd you go to Staples? I had to get school supplies. What are you, a nine-year-old girl? Why are you going to Staples? Where should I go? That was weird. Walmart? Oh, right. Because <laughs> that's so much fucking different. I like also, how you're, like, like, looking down like, on Staples it, like, looking up at Walmart. Well, I'm sorry that you like to pay, like, ten times more than you need to. Sorry for paying 78 cents per notebook and a dollar eighty-eight per binder. Like, what, what do you need binders for? You're in fucking college. Yeah, I need something to collect my papers in. What papers do you have? I've got in-class shit that i got to collect papers for. Plus, I print this... out, like, a lot of the papers here at my house, and then I put them in my binder so I can, like, keep everything organized. Because I've seen, like, m- most of your life, and it's not organized. So no, it hard- like... makes it hard for me to believe that your schoolwork magically is. You would be surprised is all I'm saying. You would be genuinely surprised. Oh! Excuse me. Did you get a haircut, Jake? Yeah, I did. Can I see the back? I didn't know if he had a mullet. Important. No, I, I don't have a mullet. The most important question, can I see the top? Okay. Okay, you still got some hair there. Yeah, I do. I'm clinging on. I would. If I were you, I would. <laughs> Fuck. We, uh, Wendell Cross brought his uh, old high school yearbook into work the other day. And we were looking at it, and he showed everybody that we work with a picture of me, and they're like, oh, Chris, it's you with hair. Cool. And I was like, 
fucking glory days right there. Not high school, just me with hair. Like that those were my glory days. Did you have a decent amount of hair? At that point I had I still had the widow's peak. Like it was a very noticeable widow's peak, but I had enough to where like it didn't really matter that much. Yeah. Like it was I could still pass off growing my head of hair out. And it not being creepy. I had my hat off today and we were playing Uno with Noah and because I'm bald the light reflects off my head he asked why my head was shiny and I told him that I had a rare skin condition I don't want to talk about it (laughs) (laughs) and he believed you? he said "Uh, okay I don't know what that means and just moved on (laughs) <laughs> can't fool this kid Zach that's a fucking riot <laughs> he's like yeah sure <laughs> okay <laughs> oh gosh do you not tell people you're bald well, why do I have to tell them it's pretty obvious well I'm just saying like with a little kid ass like you don't just go like I have whatever it's called. I just tell him I have alopecia. (laughs) Fucking awful. You think people with alopecia can get a handicap sticker? Mm, No. (laughs) Does that really count as a handicap? That's the thing is, I don't know, dude. Is it? No. I I don't really see what it prevents you from doing. Growing hair is better. growing hair. Yeah. I don't know. Coming from a bald man, that seems like a pretty big handicap to me. The bald brotherhood. (laughs) Don't say that. Like, granted, what I'm saying shouldn't be said, but what you just said definitely shouldn't be said. The bald brotherhood? Oh, yeah. Is no one supposed to know? I wear hats all the time now. Except for when I'm at work. I, I, I wear a hat at work. I burnt the top of my head the other day and it was fucking awful. Because you didn't put yep. any sunscreen on? Yeah. Sunscreen is for pussies. <laughs> Says the name of the burnt head. <laughs> but like it flaked off and shit and it like, I had like, ugh, it was gross. I took, like, a exfoliant scrubber, and I just went to town on the top of my head. Guys, is it gay to protect yourself from skin cancer? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, shit. It's never part of a daily routine when I was a kid. Maybe I'll start doing it now. Yeah, dude, I gotta remember to put, I gotta remember to put sunscreen on my forehead, because it always gets burnt. Every day? No, no, just when I'm out in the sun. All right. Because I know that there's, like, people out there that have been putting sunscreen on their entire face every day because it's supposed to help you from, like, aging lines and shit. Hmm. Chris, aging lines aren't something I worry about when I'm going to be dead by 50. I don't understand. So you keep extending this by, like, five years every time we talk about it. 
So eventually you're just going to be at age like 85 and you'll, you'll stop there. I don't think so. Not 85. That's too old. 80? I believe in a determined lifespan. You should only have so long and then it's just not your choice anymore. You're just done? Like midsummer style? Yeah. At 67 years old, you can either perform like ritual suicide or you'll just be murdered. 67? Yeah. You fucking kidding me? Chuck Norris is in his 70s, dude. He's in his 80s, probably. After 67, you're probably basically just a leech to society, so. Betty White's not a leech to society. I don't care what you say. I'd still fuck her. Sure, you would. Chris, would you suck dick for a thousand dollars? Not a thousand. No. No. What's your number? It would like, cause like a thousand dollars. That's like a month's rent to me, and that's not worth a, like a little over a month's rent. If you're gonna, if I'm gonna suck dick, it's probably gonna be like you're gonna have to like make me comfortable for a little while. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna have to get like five thousand dollars, six grand. But it had to be able to, at that point, it'd have to be the right dick. <laughs> what if it's more about, like, quantity over quality? What do you mean quantity? Like, quantity of cum or quantity of dicks? Just just keep racking up the $1,000 until you're comfortable. Every single time I suck a dick, I get $1,000? Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're adding, like, potential money later, I would still, I would have to consider that, but again, it all depends on the dick. Right, here's like, a scenario that was... Joey has his dick for shit, like, never. Here's, but, here's a scenario that was proposed to me, right? Your boss comes in, and he offers you a $2 an hour raise to suck his dick right there. So, in theory, this could equal, like, as much as you want it to, because it's an extra $2 an hour. However long you work there, you'll make that money. Would you do it? No. I wouldn't do it for two bucks. I'd probably do it for It's two dollars an hour. Yeah, and okay, so eighty it's bucks. It's potentially a week. unlimited money. Chris, you're also not thinking about the lawsuit that'll happen when you sue him for sexual harassment. Yeah, but I wouldn't do that because then I'd probably lose my two dollars an hour. <laughs> You would definitely <laughs> lose your $2 an hour. This yeah, is true. Yeah, me? I'm in the long con here. If I'm sucking wait, dick for a $2 raise, I'm... Wait, so are you saying that you're going to lose the lawsuit, so then your boss is angry at you and pulls your $2 raise away? No, I'm just not suing the guy. Well, if he's not your boss anymore, he can't give you a $2 an hour raise. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> I guess maybe I'd go with, like... Because $2 an hour is only 80 bucks a week. Like, what am I going to do with 80 bucks a week? It's not what you're going to do with 80 bucks a week. It's what you're going to do with 80 bucks a week for however long you work for. Let's say I work at the company for a year. Like, how much am I making? 80 times 52. You're making four grand. A little over $4,000? Yeah, but I'm earning that. Like, that's the thing. Yeah, like but, but Chris already established that he'd have to suck, that the minimum for to suck a dick is $5,000. Yeah, 
But that's just for one year. If you were there for 10 years, let's say, you just made an extra $41,000 you wouldn't have had. If my Over boss at Cowplay Suites offers me to suck his dick for $2 raise, I'm saying no. It all depends on what job I'm doing. If I'm working at McDonald's, fuck that, because I'm not planning on working at McDonald's forever. If I'm working at Town Place, no way, Jose. But if I'm at, like, I don't know, if I'm at, like, a job that I'm, like, planning on sticking around for a while, I might consider that. Like a waiter at Red Robin? Yeah. Like, if they offer me, like, all the free customizable burgers I want and $2 sucking dick, you know, I might do that. It's definitely something you'd have to think. I, I would ask to sleep on it. It's just like it's over $4,000 a year. And, like, in that moment, it might not seem like a lot, but... You gotta think the about thing. the big picture. And here's the thing. I wouldn't, like, suck dick and then have him give me a $2 raise. Like, I would have him give me a dollar beforehand, suck dick, and then get a dollar afterwards. So, like, I don't know, kind of like a tit-for-tat type situation. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. Chris, I don't really think in this scenario where you're literally sucking dick for money that you don't you have much pull. I think well, you I mean, kind of would have to take what you were being given. I don't think no. I think that's the thing is that I think I would try and take a little control. Then you wouldn't get it. He'd find someone who didn't want control. Maybe like Wendell would suck his dick, or like this guy's got plenty of employees he could ask. Doesn't have to be you. I have a hard time believing he's choosing me, though. Maybe he sees something in you. Yeah. Yeah, his dick, hopefully. <laughs> he thinks you're a star. Yeah, maybe. You definitely give me something to think about, Zach. Sleep on it. <laughs> I'm going to go into work and be like, listen, guys. I've got a scenario for you. The guy that drinks beer... And reads Harry Potter. He told me he wouldn't suck dick for less than a hundred thousand dollars. That's too much money. That's see, but that's a guy that has never had like twenty thousand dollars put in front of him. Granted, I haven't either, but I see the value <laughs> of twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> that's a guy who doesn't understand that the first time he does it, he's not going to be worth a hundred thousand dollars. And the thing is, is that he doesn't realize swallowing that load is going to take like five seconds max if you gag that twenty thousand dollars is going to last a lot longer than five seconds <laughs> he also actually so the first time i asked him he said that his fiance wouldn't let him and I okay said, i don't care about that and i said what i was like you're sucking dick for money i feel like you really don't care what your fiance has to say about it <laughs> and he said okay then it'd have to be like a hundred thousand dollars no. Get real. Give me like a down payment on a house. Twelve grand. Right? Sounds about right. I said I would do it for a thousand dollars, and then like my bottom dollar was like, because then I asked the owner of Harvest Moon Deli if he would suck dick for a thousand dollars, and he said that like it would depend on what kind of situation he was in. Like if it was like do this for a thousand dollars or like the bank's coming to take your house and he was like then yeah i would do it because it would just to have it in a savings account no so all right that makes sense and then he was saying he's like so like 
he said, well, wh- where does it stop, right? Like, if someone comes up to you and they only have, like, 950 bucks, like, are you going to say no because they're 50 short of 1,000? Yeah, probably not. He said, okay, then, like, what's your bottom dollar? I was thinking, like, probably, like, 500 bucks. If you really needed the money? You go that low? If I, if you really needed the money. Like, any day. 500 bucks. Joe, like, Joey Diaz, after a brisk walk on, like, a warm day, a warm, humid day. He comes to you and he's like, fucking suck my dick, $500. You'd say, all right. I mean, probably not in those circumstances. That's what I'm saying, though, is that, like, you don't know. Like, if it's the summertime, they're coming to you with, like, a sweaty dick. That's that's almost confirmed. But if it's during the wintertime, you know, it, sure, it might be, like, a little, like, tight and soft. Might be a little difficult to get them, like, a hard-on because they're just so fucking cold. Are you saying you'd have seasonal pricing? Yeah, of course I would. Are you kidding me? Based on condition of dick. <laughs> Chris, what can I say? You're a businessman. STDs off the table. Jake's like, I'm fucking done with this. Yeah, I'm, I was out of this conversation about 20 minutes ago. I don't think you could ask them about STDs. I think that's a HIPAA violation. I think that's against the codes. I think so. If we're bringing like, if we're bringing the law into this, then I'm starting a union. You you should have a union. I'm unionizing. Dick suckers of the U.S. unite. DSU. <laughs> DSU. Oh my gosh. That's the manifesto, Chris. That's your life's work. BSU, Dick Suckers United. <laughs> move over, Karl Marx. Move over, move over, Lenin. There's a new head honcho in town. <laughs> <laughs>